0: Let's get started. Bottom of the Smash Mountain, Season 1, Episode 22, Translation in Editing. Let's get to the podcast. hello thank you so much for joining me today it is a lovely day to be a friday let's go and i have tried to record this two times already this is the third time and i think it has to be the final time today we have echo storm editor extraordinaire and content king on bottom of the smash mountain so i'm really excited to share this interview with you we did this live on echo's twitch so echo storm underscore twitch.tv slash echo storm underscore you'll see that in the description of this podcast the link to that and to the other things that echo is doing and we'll plug it again and again so that you go check this guy out and let's go ahead and start the interview. Let's run it! Why is it so quiet? Oh, right, transition. Here we are, bottom of the smash mountain, and tonight I am very happy to be joined by Echo Storm, editor, content creator, King. You can Mm. find him on Twitch, And you can find him on Twitter, and we'll make sure to plug those socials in the description of the podcast and get into that a little bit as well. But Echo, thank you so much for joining me.
1: My pleasure. It's good to be here.
0: I wanted to start off with your origin story, if you don't mind, as it pertains to Smash. And you can take your time with it if you want to. To like beginning beginning, or if you just want to go straight to the part where Smash became more of a, a thing in your life, you can go ahead and take it and let's let's hear what all that is.
1: Sure thing. Um, well, I guess we can start all the way at the beginning. Um so I'm a doc kid through and through. I mean, I played brawl on my Wii in two thousand eight against my brothers, and I thought Captain Falcon was really, really cool. Um turns out he's not that cool in brawl
0: um
1: (laughs) but my brother and i who uh who is his name is mars uh he has attended a lot of the initial events with me but we kind of got into smash at the same time and we're always playing um you know against each other especially in those early days so he was really really important to the to the like starting out of me getting an initial interest in smash um and from there, uh, I kind of moved on to PM. I was a PM player. Um, so you were talking before we started about how I kind of have my hands in Melee, and I have them in Ultimate. Well, I actually am also in PM. And, and really, I, uh, I kind of identify with PM myself, um, more so than either of the other two, that's for sure. But as an editor? Um, I kind of got started as uh, just doing my own thing on my own channel. I have a personal channel, youtube.com slash Um And I posted a couple combo videos. Um, that was kind of my my thing. Um, and they got a decent amount of views on Reddit and uh, on other social medias. So that was like... An initial catalyst into to me like getting started as an editor and in Smash and joining those two things together. Um so yeah, I had always kind of enjoyed editing throughout my my time. Uh and yeah, so it was a natural thing for me to to join my two interests at the time, which were which were smash and smash and editing. Um and that this this personal YouTube channel of mine is a, eventually what I leveraged to land my first client, um, who was Ginger, SSBM Ginger on Twitch, and uh, uh, a Michigan Falco, who was just starting to break into the top twenty of SSBM rank. So everything seemed to be going upwards for him, and uh, I was I was excited. To be watching because I was a, an avid member of the Nest, which is his sub uh, community on Twitch. And I reached out to him and said, I would like to be your editor, and he and he was all for it. So um from there, uh, we we produced content for probably a year and a half, maybe a little longer, uh, mainly analysis videos and highlights, and we did a podcast of our own. Um and it was a it was a really really important um, partnership for me. I learned so so much working with Ginger, and uh, it is really what took my uh, editing career and and made it something that I could have potentially pursued uh, full time. Um, and you know, by chance, Ginger goes to a random tournament down in Georgia run by recursion and he talks to the owner of recursion his name is brian buckley who had just sponsored a new player fatality um and and he hooked me up ginger uh essentially networked for me and got me to start representing fatality and making his youtube highlights as well and that is truly one of the most pivotal moments in my entire editing career is, is that right then and there. I didn't know it at the time, but now fatality is far and away my bread winning client. And he's now the only one that I represent. And um we've really come a very long way in the in the two and a half years that I've been with him, just about a little over two years, I think. Um and that's kind of skipping ahead a little bit, because that's obviously a long period of time where I was growing as an editor, learning how to make highlights, uh, and learning how to like manage a freelance business, which is not something that anyone can really teach you. Um, and during that two-year period where I'm representing Fatality, I also worked with other clients. Um, I've also worked with KJH doing some Melee tutorials, uh, as well as Hugs, which I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with me for, um, as he was the client that I was working with for the last year or so, um, year and a half. Uh, now, unfortunately, um, same with Ginger and KJH, I eventually uh, decided to go different ways from, from Hugs. Um, and now he's represented by someone else. I forget their name, but uh, it was a it was a mutual transition. We both just decided to take our pads somewhere else. And I uh, I'm really looking forward to what Hugs is able to do because um, I'm I'm really you know I believe in his brand, and I, I believe in all my clients' brands. As an editor, you don't really want to ever leave your clients, but um sometimes sometimes that's the way that it goes. Um, and that's kind of been my journey. I mean, I, I play the game. I play Melee. I've entered many tournaments out in Colorado and in Michigan and the Midwest. Um, and I'm really looking forward to getting back into them when when this whole thing is over and there are more events to be run. But uh, that is, I guess, a summary of how I have gotten to where I am now um, from. You know, just a kid learning about the Smash community for the first time through the doc and then becoming a a freelance editor who now works with Smash content exclusively full-time.
0: That's really awesome to hear how this passion of going, man, Smash is awesome. And then you get to be able to work around that for your living, which of course, it probably did um, there are times there are days where it feels more like a job than it would be a hobby or something that's really fun to do. but it's it's cool to hear how you haven't you haven't had a, a linear growth path in terms of, oh, I've worked with Ginger, and that's where I've been ever since you've you've grown and expanded and worked with a lot of different people in the scene and made a lot of connections, which. Even though something like editing, it doesn't necessarily sound like off the top, oh, well, people's skills No, what you really need is a good computer and a good editing program. But you have to get to the point where someone is willing to hand their, their, their content to you and say, make this look as good as it can look.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say that networking played a very large role in my growth and my ability to, to get to where we are now. Um. So shout outs to Ginger for
0: getting yeah, you the same, to yeah, the same, yeah, into the same room as Fatality, especially.
1: Yeah, and and all of my clients and anyone that I've ever worked with, have just been. It's actually been a dream. Um, you know, is like you said, like sometimes it, it is a little taxing, or maybe uh, isn't exactly just like wow, you get to work smashed every day, like, it it absolutely does uh, stress like any other job, but you know, I'm far and away very grateful and and happy to be here. Um, and it hasn't been linear at all. I've been figuring it out and I'm, I'm learning and figuring things out every day. You know, there's no, there's no right or wrong answers. You just kind of keep going.
0: And if I can take you back a little bit, one of the things that you said early on in the brawl days, I, grew up on 64 and then melee for a little bit but then i was about 13 or 14 when brawl came out and i sank so many hours into the game as like a, a casual just just casual player and i haven't actually competed in any tournaments up to today and that's my story but i love hearing people who enjoyed brawl even if the there are a a, a A group of people who like to meme on the game a little bit i still find brawl to be a really really fun game it's it's amazing to play with what you said you had a brother who goes by mars subspace emissary two players that's you just spend an entire saturday doing just that it's awesome to to be able to do that with a friend or with a brother I, i have a younger brother so we would play subspace emissary all the time
1: absolutely i mean i'm just a i'm just a guy who loves smash and um I don't really discriminate against any of them. As a PM player, you learn a, an empathy for all communities, I would say. <laughs> we, um, we're definitely at the the butt end of a lot of jokes. So, you know, we kind of learn to take them in stride. And, you know, at the end of the day, like, we're just grateful to, to be playing the game where we can.
0: And it was cool from my own perspective. I, I never got into PM all that much because I if I had gone to tournaments, PM would have been there, and I would have played it a lot more, and would have probably got into it. But, I love how, even still, like, to this day, with 5 Days of Melee, especially kind of helping to revive PM a little bit, I know that the the cease and desist uh, situation also helped to shed a light on the past shenanigans. I'll just leave it at that, with with PM in particular, but it's great that PM is part of the scene more now than than it was before, where it seemed to just be really, really quiet on a a, a global level of the Smash scene, anyways. And it, the community as a whole is very, very large. But I'm glad that there's a little bit more of of PM now. I hope to see PM yeah. at uh, as a, as an event at these at these bigger online events. I love that. Mewtwo King had at the Frame Perfect Series Frame 4, Perfect, the most yeah. recent one had had a PM event that was really cool.
1: Yeah, I think we're living in a post uh, I forget what it was, but the Nintendo.zip that came out this summer essentially oh, yeah. outlining all the times that they have uh, handicapped the community or or stepped in to to hold sponsors away um And then, of course, what happened with PM, um, it kind of, I think everyone got a little bit of taste, like, wait a second, like, it's not a bad word, you know, like, we can still, you know, get along together. And it turns out that Melee has been, you know, held back as well. So, like, now, as if Smash was, which was already one of the most, like, tight-knit communities in all of gaming, became even more so uh, because now they have this, like, common enemy to work against which is nintendo which is why you see free melee uh and save smash trending in the same tweet you know we're we're really like this is almost the return of one unit but for real this time
0: and i loved how we even with the squid house and even a little bit with arms there it wasn't just the anonymous smasher twit longer which you were referring to is legendary <laughs> for, for you un- helping to unite the community, but also with the Splatoon community and with the arms community, all all coming out and saying this, this melee and PM stuff sounds about right. Cause we have received similar sort of shenanigans from Nintendo regarding our game and our community and mm-hmm. to have one big corporation and it's not hard to hate on a corporation that makes billions of dollars. <laughs> so,
1: they make it so easy. They
0: really do. But I love that even still, even if they, if they were to wish out loud, they would probably wish, I, <laughs> the Nintendo as a corporation would wish that only people who bought the game and never actually did anything with it would care about it. But I love that there are people, including yourself, who care about smash in general and all all the games to make something more with it and to express yourself to it's it's art in a lot of ways in in my own mind i i i think i enjoy more often i enjoy watching gameplay from from the smash games and and melee in particular i will admit Mm -hmm. i am a little biased towards melee but but the the smash games as compared to watching even just like a regular movie it, it's 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 yep. on that level for me and i think that i think that it's really fun to find also to find a community that enjoys the same thing that you do where it's not as obvious as oh i like this character from this movie it's i like this character from this game and everybody goes well mm, that character sucks but here try this character <laughs> all that kind of stuff it's really cool
1: yeah um so i i love smash it's it's forever my home um and you know just to bring it back into the the freelancing and the editing world it, it can be sometimes difficult to work within smash and melee and pm in particular i've made um melee and pm content to varying success before and uh it It really is uh, a passion for for the majority of the people who are out here making things happen i I always uh you know i want to support any smash creator because the, the potential for for growth and people to just become sellouts and uh and really just like sacrifice themselves for the bag is very you like it's very rarely seen in smash um the people here, the people making things for the most part are in it because they absolutely love the game. Um, and you can't survive off of passion, but it'll take you a very long way. Um, so, you know, for me personally, like as an editor in Smash, it's very difficult um, just frankly because the views are not there compared to other games and communities like we are just a a tight knit grassroots scene, as opposed to you know the sea and the ocean of esports that other communities have. Um, but yet, even still, you know, because there are so many other people like me or or like you, uh, there there are more and more people who are just able to make it so that these people who care so much can make a living here, and it's really cool. So
0: to talk about. Your editing prowess and how you get about to making a video happen. Maybe to make it more specific, if it's a stream highlight video, what does that look like typically for you from start to finish?
1: Sure. Um, so, as a highlight editor um, who has represented multiple channels at the same time and over time, um, what what creators are looking for for the most part is the ability to turn around a project or a, a highlight video without much direction. So you have to be able to interpret the vod, which can sometimes be hours long, into something that can be condensed to under thirty minutes. Um, and that can be it can be challenging, especially in the tight turnarounds that are sometimes required, which can be, under a day, sometimes like today's video that I made. Um, so when I when I pull the VOD, uh, I normally will watch through the whole thing at uh, increased speed, sometimes jumping around um, to where I know there is exciting moments, um, and try to find a skeleton of a video and uh, get a a clear pacing that's defined throughout. Um, probably the hardest thing to do as a highlight editor is to get a good pacing and make sure that all the clips flow and there's context for every moment. Um, now, luckily, you've got a lot of diehard Smash friends who have a pretty good idea of how the game is working. But when it gets to more abstract things, um, which I have worked with, such as like reaction-based content or uh, or other games variety stuff, it, it definitely becomes challenging. Um, and once I have a good feel for the skeleton of the video and how I want it to play, I'll do another pass and just make sure that everything lines up well. And then I'll go through and add what uh, what effects I think are necessary. I um, You know, it's it's fairly simple, basic stuff that people are looking for just to kind of bring the pacing to the home stretch. Like you're just looking for things to break up the video so it's not just a monotonous staring at a stream screen. You know, like. Um, additions, cutaways, zooms, those kinds of things. And, um, this entire time, I'm always thinking in the back of my head, like, what's the title and what's the thumbnail and trying to get a good feel for that. Um, I think those are also some of the hardest things to get right as an editor. Um, sometimes the creator that you're working with will handle those things or help you with those things. But in my personal experience, I've always, um, Taking sole responsibility of creating those things, um, and I think my thumbnails are pretty good. I think my titles are pretty good, um, but they normally take an hour, hour and a half, even after the video is completed, to to get right. Um, definitely an undervalued skill because when people think of YouTube editing, you know, they might only consider the editing, but there's so much, so much more to it to consider. Um, be that trends or what people will click on, getting people to stay clicked, you know, clickbait is a is a bit of an overused term nowadays. But um, to use the right title to entice viewers and not lie to them and mislead them is actually trickier than most people expect. I think
0: if uh, an average person who's uploading a YouTube video doesn't really take the time to care about the audience as much per se, or they're just trying to solely get the bag right they're obviously going to use the clickbait titles. But I do find that very interesting, what you said about you making the title, you're making the thumbnail. In your in, in the people that you talk to in conversations that you have, especially with other editors, how common is that, that an editor will not only do what, like you said, what most people assume an editor does, but also making titles and thumbnails for the videos that they help produce?
1: It's never... Um... I mean, it's it's lesser and lesser nowadays. I, I will say that the field has evolved um, considerably in the last two years since I've kind of been around doing it full-time. Um, I think people are starting to understand the meta of clickbait, and it's not just lying. But you do see it sometimes, and you can see it in my older titles and thumbs. Like You can see the progression and how I think of it has changed over time. Um, and... Uh, you know, something like like analyzing it and, and trying to understand like what works and what doesn't, you know, that is a process that takes time. Um, so yeah, I do see it sometimes where you know, you've just got a purely clickbait title at this point, it's almost white noise. People are used to see it, used to seeing it, and it, and it doesn't even it's not effective like it once was, like to, to just do something gross, outrageous clickbait that's just so clearly a lie, it used to be effective when everyone else was telling the truth. But now people are so accustomed to it. It's so ineffective. Um the meta has kind of swung back towards more honesty and you know restraint in a title. People don't want to feel like they're being misled or or like at all like brought down to to the level that the clickbait you know in the past has been. Um, and then thumbnails are even trickier. Uh, truly, they are an extension of the title and to get them to say exactly what you want. I mean, it's something that I'm constantly trying to practice.
0: And again, uh, I find that I, I honestly am surprised to hear that you're the one in particular where we're talking about you and what you do for fatality uh, as of right now, who is who's your only client, if I understood you mm-hmm. correctly. but you making the title, you making the thumbnail. A title is one thing. I have a hard enough time for myself coming up with title names for my podcast because I want them to just sort of reflect a part of the conversation or maybe a theme of the podcast, especially with the person that I'm that I'm interviewing but I, I can't even imagine because if you're trying to get a thumbnail to say something which is an image a really small image as well a lot of people I, and you know this better than I do I'm sure a lot of people that watch YouTube especially nowadays are, are mobile users uh, or, or even if even if not it's still, a, it's still a smaller image more often than not it doesn't occupy the whole screen and you still needed to say something that is making the person go oh I want to tap on this video and give it a watch and it's an image so it's sort of like I can only imagine how stressed out a great artist of the past like a da Vinci would be if they were told you need to make YouTube thumbnails they're like I'm an artist what are you trying to get me to do this is something ridiculous
1: YouTube (laughs) killed art that's for sure illusions (laughs) of like effort and passion in, in the highlight space can be hard to maintain for sure but um, just going back to to the YouTube title thumb dichotomy, um, in my opinion, thumbnails are more important than the title. Um, they are, for the most part, when people are scrolling through their recommended, they're not browsing titles, they're browsing thumbnails. That's what the eye is drawn to. Even if they're small, you know, it's not just text on a background. You know, like there's something there that's unique, and you get a chance to stand out. Um, So in my mind, someone should look at your thumbnail and either be able to infer something additional to the title, or just be able to infer the title itself. And it should almost just like they 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 like reflect they reflect each other somewhat. Um, So yeah, I uh, I definitely you know empathize with all the creators out there who are trying to grow and in their mind. That may mean lying, but to me, um, you'll get much further if you think about them like this way, and uh, and keep it keep it classier, keep it simple. You know, tell tell an enticing truth. You know, something that they would genuinely be interested in.
0: What's true, what rings true to me, what's something that I find more engaging is someone who is they're being themselves and so i, I always got the impression because i i found out about you through hugs so watching sure. watching his videos and i always felt like that that one of the reasons why i like watching hugs is because he's always being himself right and and yeah. and being a little honest about yeah i'm i'm gonna sell out a little bit for content sometimes but I'm out here and I'm grinding and I want to make this work. So I'm not, that doesn't mean I'm always going to sell out. I just have to kind of have a little bit of a bounce. And I like that honesty. Uh, I, I think that that's what I find to be engaging for my, for myself anyway. So I think I am sort of understanding what what you're trying to say when it comes to making the thumbnail, making the title be an enticing truth, like you said.
1: Yeah. I mean, if we can look at my, I mean, not look, look, but I'll, Read out these most popular hugs titles, and none of them are going to stand out as something that's you know misleading or even necessarily all that provocative. Um, it's more just uh, you have a solid fundamental idea for the content and a title that encapsulates that you know people will genuinely be interested in. So, it's our most popular video is ranking the best smash tweets ever. You don't really need to know more than that. You don't need to say, like, oh my gosh, Leffin's Twitter. Like, you don't need to say anything that is just like, I can't believe this. Like all the all the like stereotypes of a thumbnail, you know, they kind of go away. The the following video is the goats of every melee character. Uh, you know, watching Zayn's Roy win Rona Rumble. Like, that's not just like a skilled boy did what? I mean, we've done our share of more clickbaity stuff, but if you look at our most popular stuff, it is almost always fundamental content that's driving the views and not the title or thumbnail. So, yeah, I mean, surprise, surprise—you need good content to do to do well. But uh, you know, don't let your title and thumbnail detract from that. You know.
0: Can I share with you one that I found to be particularly? <laughs> hilarious because this is a meme (laughs) hugs pill never miss a charge shot for the ranking the best melee pills with toph video
1: (laughs) that is one of my favorite (laughs) thumbnails that i may have ever made
0: (laughs) it's just a fun it's a fun joke Uh, for anyone who watches hugs that's one of the things that you'll that you'll hear about missing charge shots you also hear about whether or not Hugs was born in 1986, those sort of things. It's fun. <laughs> and the other thing yeah. that I want to compliment you on, I always loved watching the the videos that you edited for Hugs. Anytime there would be a zoom in to Hugs, a slow zoom in, I was just like <laughs> I just started smiling even if I didn't hear him start talking right away, as soon as it, <laughs> I knew something important was happening, I knew something hilarious was happening.
1: It's the setup, yeah.
0: I I thought that was I think you did a really great job overall like choosing those times because you can't do that for a whole video, (laughs) but picking those right moments, right?
1: I I never wanted my editing to be the joke, if that makes sense. I always wanted my editing to accentuate or or support hugs's jokes. Um, I see a lot of highlight editing that is a lot more over the top. It's a lot more in your face. It's not to say it's wrong. But for me, I've always liked the subtlety, and uh, I just appreciate, you know, a good punchline. Um, and I and I just try to support it as best I can. I don't know if I if this is super fair to say. I like to think that I'm somewhat of a funny person. I don't know if that's come off or not. But uh, at the same time, like having a sense for humor and timing and comedic timing, it does go a long way in in highlighting and. There are editors better than me at it, absolutely. Um, and and it extends to the things that you include. It's not just zooms, like it's not just like it's it's all the edits that you that you add up. Um, and for hugs, it was like a dream come true because this is one of the most charismatic. Like you said, he's a natural, truthful person, um, and he's just very genuine. And it's it's very fun to like enjoy that. And it's just kind of him being himself. Um, so for, for us to be together, it was really, a a collaboration dream. Um, it's just really easy to work with him because he is that genuine guy, you know, like there's no real ever expectation to force a joke or force content. He's just kind of doing it. Um, I liked what
0: you said about not wanting to overcook a video with too much editing flashiness or, or, the screen shaking. I, I mean, you you know all those things better than I do, but I, I can tell the difference between a video that I've seen of yours that you've edited, particularly for hugs. And I do apologize to uh, echoes ginger videos, KJH videos and fatalities videos. I haven't seen as many of those that I remember specifically, but the, the, I've watched uh, enough of smash content on YouTube that there are certain Channels where I I know going in there's going to be a certain amount of a certain amount of editing that had been done by the editor, which is it's a choice that you make. It's not necessarily a right or wrong because I'm one person, right? I have a different idea of how I want
1: to consume content,
0: right? That as well, yeah. It's it all. It's going to be different from person to person who either enjoys it a lot or or enjoys more of the the subtlety. But I I think that for myself, I, I think I really appreciate how your videos don't feel like they're too over edited. You can speak to that better than I can, but do you feel like, do you feel like there's ever really a true bad editing other than from a technical perspective, as long as it's technically sound, it doesn't matter how overcooked it is or how undercooked it is, or what are your thoughts on that?
1: Oh no, I think fundamentals, uh, are the most important thing as a, as an, as an editor. I said earlier in the podcast that, uh, I said that um, pacing is the most difficult thing to do. You can be a very talented, skilled editor who can make every effect look great and uh, and you know do all the fanciness that you need, but if it's in the wrong place, then it's completely worthless. Um, so for me, I kind of am always towing the line of um, the least amount that I can do and just adding things onto that as I go. Um, if you watch my older hugs videos and compare them to my le- uh, latest hugs videos, you'll see more editing and and more things that I've incorporated. But it's only after I've learned to introduce all of these elements that I really start to incorporate them. Um, so yeah, it's you know I'm not going to say that one way or another is right or that one inherently detracts, but without the support of the video and the content itself you don't need to do any editing at all. Like uh, to to kind of describe um, my other clients and my other work in the past, um, it's all much less involved, much less edited uh, than my Hugs content. Um, Hugs content, Hugs highlights, they were always much more chopped. The, the pacing was always much tighter. And um, I was more concerned with adding these extra elements of editing. Um, just to to add on to his style and uh, you know his his branding and channel, but if you look at my ginger or my fatality content, even today, it's all much more um, basic. A lot of fatalities videos, including his most popular videos, have almost no editing at all, just trimming fat. Um, so. Yes, it, it all just once again comes back to the idea that you need content first and foremost to be successful. And try as I might, um, I can't force a video to be better than it is with editing alone. Um, so with the decision to, to leave Hugs content behind, um, I I was able to prioritize Fatality, who who makes things that require much less effort for me and therefore i'm able to, to push out much more frequently um these are all things that i consider as an editor
0: i want to talk about where you are now and going into the future so you you described the process of and this is something that you collaborate with fatality on and it's not a I, I think that the temptation for someone listening to this might be, oh, you don't do as much work for fatality. What the heck? But what you just said is very important. The frequency of those videos, right. To make it, uh, is it, is the idea daily or is it multiple times a week to push out fatality
1: videos? Yeah. I mean, um, the goal as of, uh, recently, since I've opened up more time for myself has been daily content and, um, beyond just, an editor being able to work on a video every day for an account, it is being able to uh, frequently push content that can be easily translated to YouTube. Translated is the word that I use, because um, you can you can make really quality highlight videos that that'll take me two days, three days to edit and and add all the things that I want to them. But uh, that takes a lot of effort on my part, and it's. It's not necessarily where uh, the views and the money come from. Um, Maybe you could argue long term, but at the same time, I don't know if there's evidence to support that. Like if you look at Ludwig, everyone wants to look at Ludwig. So I feel a little silly pointing this out, but he is one of the the poster boys for how to run a successful YouTube slash Twitch. We've seen
0: the growth. So it's, yeah, it's easy to see to look at that. Yeah.
1: He does multiple videos a stream, segments in his streams dedicated to videos. And they don't all have to be, you know, amazing or crazy or over the top or like super special. He has those as well. But it's all about doing multiple things that can be then taken and And done ahead of time, building backlogs to upload to YouTube is a very important thing. That gives you more time to work on the stuff that you want to work on and not feel pressured to have daily releases. Um, now, other things like having multiple editors working on your channel and um, uh, the type of content itself that also like factors into one's ability to to go daily. But, um, Fatality, he does first to tens against other top players very frequently. Now, all I have to do is trim out the in-between game sections and add an intro and outro, and now I have a 30-minute video that people will tend to want to watch all the way through to see the finale of, and it it takes a while to export because it's longer, but I can do them very quickly and then spend the rest of that time Making stuff that's non specific. That's where really most of your effort as an editor goes into stuff that doesn't have a pacing of its own. Stuff like just sub battles where he's playing as subscribers. There's no theme tying that together for YouTube. That's just content that's for the stream that then has to be translated to YouTube. So I have to take that and find a way to build a narrative out of that. And that takes a lot more effort than just trimming out of the fat and uploading a first attempt. So. It's definitely something that, um you know, every creator, if they're hoping to run a Twitch and YouTube or TikTok or any other social media simultaneously, you need to be able to push things frequently and you need to be able to to make sure your content is easily translated. Um, you know, that's beyond just doing first attends or whatever. But like, you know, if you're going to play a... Uh, like a unspecified segment of you just playing subscribers, you do it for an hour and a half instead of four hours. You know, like you have a somewhat defined intro and outro where it starts and stops. You know, like these things allow a video to be easier, easily translated between the two platforms. Um and it makes an editor's life infinitely easier. And happy editor, happy happy life. That's you know, got that on a t shirt.
0: That would be a great. There would have to be. Oh, that that could be a great idea. Absolutely. And I love that. That I'm sure that fatality came to you about the possibility of daily uploads, and I'm glad that you've been able to start to head more in that direction. But one of the recent tweets that you've made, especially talking about what you're currently doing for your your career one of the things that you had tweeted was something to the effect of wanting to have more time outside of editing for friends and family, that sort of thing. So yep. for you, balancing work with everything else, how, how has that changed to, and, and you don't have to talk about the circumstances of all the, all of all the decisions or make it too personal, but just to, just, just to say, what's the idea of, of trying to balance work and the rest of life for you? What's important for you?
1: Well, you've got the Wild West right now. Editing is a bunch of kids fresh out of college, fresh out of high school, who want to be famous or want to you know, live the dream of just making content full time. And because of that, you've got a lot of abuse um you've got a lot of editors not being paid correctly which is something that struggled that I struggled with for a long time but I'm you know it's never been something that I've struggled with in the last while that I've been freelance full time been very lucky to have clients that you know aren't looking to take advantage of me or my services um now i can still push myself too hard and that's kind of what i was doing um there was a point in time where i was representing ginger hugs and fatality at the same time and doing stuff for a project m channel called nexus i was doing um clips of the week where i just compiled a bunch of user submitted uh clips and and that was it but it was still so many different directions i was being pulled in i i never really felt comfortable taking any amount of time for myself um if i wasn't working i felt like i should be working i could be getting ahead i could be doing this i could be Anything and it, it made it very very difficult for me to prioritize myself and my time. Um, now, this is something that I tried to remedy. I, I stopped working with Ginger, um, and it was because I, I felt like I was negatively impacting his ability to grow and my own well-being by pushing myself that hard. Now, between the time that I dropped Ginger and I dropped Hugs, uh, I got a lot busier as well, both Fatality and Hugs as channels doubled in size in that time and they both wanted to make more content faster um and as someone who's representing them by myself uh it became very difficult for me to find any amount of time to spend not like i'm spending a lot of time with my friends but i have a girlfriend who i live with and and she was really never seeing me i was stressed when i was out of work just because i felt like i need to to get back like i could be doing something and then you topple on all of my own like aspirations on top of that and i you you're left with a very guilty conscience um so for me balancing my life was not only something that i was doing for myself but also for my clients and their content you know uh, a lot of editors may be inclined to push themselves just absolutely as hard as uh, as they can the grind is a culture but um it's actually detrimental to everyone involved if you push yourself so far that you know you can't um, take a breath. So for me, uh, dropping dropping hugs was a was a way for me to reclaim some of my life, some of that balance. and um while, it obviously is sad. I'd spent a lot of time getting his channel to where it is now, a very healthy spot. and I believe this next year will be amazing for him. Fatality is 10,000 subscribers away from 100K. And I really need to push that. It's what makes me the majority of my money. And he's got a very uh, good sense on how to make translatable content. So it was a, a decision that I did not enjoy, but it was something that had to happen. And um, there's no bad blood between any me and my clients. I still talk to them and help them with their editing requests and the transitions between the two. So it doesn't pain me at all to to discuss it um everyone understands
0: i appreciate hearing from from your own perspective like the that there's a certain amount of professionalism that you're deliberately taking in that wild wild west circumstance where people are sort of being eh, screwed over or taken advantage of and there's poor communication and it is so hard to find a good situation in here because mm-hmm. you are a hard worker you make Really good editing YouTube, sorry, you were really good at editing excellent YouTube videos. You found yourself in the services of so many clients to at that certain point where you sort of looked at your life, looked at your your work, and you realized that. Yes, there, there's, there's an imbalance there, and I have definitely, for myself, like that's something that I identified with, as, as you were talking with, because about it, excuse me, because I have also fallen into that of that trap, right, that culture of you just gotta work harder than everybody else around you. Not that I'm an editor, I'm speaking no, in my own life. Media, but social media, it doesn't yeah, sleep. Right. And so I with my with my jobs in particular, uh, that's something that I always have to be consciously thinking about, because there there was one time in my life a few years ago where I, I had worked myself so hard that I got sick and I couldn't go back to work for a month because I was so exhausted every single day. I, I had burned out that hard. And after that, it's been better because I've I've been more conscious about taking breaks and, and working shorter days. Well, not today, but but you get it. And yeah, uh, that to hear you talk about how you have tried to do everything you can to say hey look to to anybody who I'm working for I want to do the best job that I can for you and of course in order to do that I need to be taking care of myself as well you a, a dull axe needs to be sharpened right and you have to stop cutting down a tree to sharpen the axe that's what that's my true. that's what my dad always says to me cuz he's hmm. he always says you're you're working too hard <laughs> but I, I love yep. hearing you t- you talk about that because n- not from like the oh you have to pick one person over another to work for, but just that you want to take care of yourself, you want to have time with your with your SO and and all that kind of stuff. That's really cool.
1: Yeah, I think it's a growing sentiment in this in this new age, especially as more people want to be creators. I mean, if you're not out there, someone else is, and I think a lot of people, maybe some people are are capable. Some people work harder than I do. They work more hours than I do. They, they represent so many clients. They go insane. And I look at them and I'm like, well, is that what I should be doing? No. I need to be doing what works for me. Um, so especially in this age of comparison, you go on Twitter and you see everyone else who's better than you, better than you, I'm quoting right now. And, and, you, and you might think to yourself, well, I need to be doing more. But it's not the case. So long as you're doing something most often you're on a path that will lead to what your your goals are so it's 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 about finding that balance um and man there are going to be a lot of people dealing with <laughs> the ramifications of what social media is doing to our brains but um the grind culture in my mind goes hand in hand with that
0: because they both can be a degenerate mindset if you if you take it too far, you have to with social media take everything with a grain of salt you know like i've I've had my fair share of falling for the for the fake news type stuff like yeah. <laughs> uh, and and then and then seeing everybody around me doing things that I think to myself i want to be doing that and I think when I started off with this uh back in January, so I've really only been doing this for about a month and a half in earnest. I've, I've, I've thought to myself is, is what is the right amount to do? But I said to myself, the right amount to do is what I feel comfortable with. And if I, if I'm already, as someone who doesn't really get a lot of daily or average, sorry, average listeners per podcast episode, if I already feel the need to produce now, if I had 2000 listeners or, or, a million listeners per episode i would be driving myself insane so i i have to be comfortable with saying today's not the day to record we're just going to let it sit and that's fine that that's what i have tried to do so far with this and i've been liking that it sounds like for you especially in this in this 2021 year where we've been in the the covid world for almost a year now you've you've been able to to self-diagnose a little bit and also talk about it with people around you people that love you and and want you to be right not just as what your career says you are but who you are as a person
1: yes absolutely i I hope more editors um you know realize this either on their own or through listening to me here but there isn't a single person out there who doesn't struggle with it doesn't matter what they say
0: Yes, there's 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 always something going on underneath, for sure. So, to sort of wrap this up a little bit, because I, I think I'm for myself, I, I don't think I have a whole lot of questions left yet, unless you want to, unless you have any ideas of things that you want to revisit or, or or talk about. But what would you say? Oh, here's here's probably a, a good question, but it's also probably used every time. So. Please forgive me for asking but what would you say to an aspiring editor and we've talked about a lot of those sort of things tonight already but maybe what is one important piece of advice that you would give to an editor who's just starting out
1: It's tough if it's not you know um look after yourself then it's it's I I don't know what it is I mean in this current like right now my answer is absolutely just um you know don't don't lose yourself in pursuit of of this big dream or whatever like it will come eventually don't want things the way you want them like they'll they will come to you um and uh i mean it's definitely tough just because there's so many individual cases out there and I don't know if any advice is broad enough to 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 tackle it all but um yeah if there's anything I've learned it's it's to to value your time outside of editing just as much as you do the editing itself um and yeah I don't know it's really hard I'm there's no denying it like you need a fair amount of luck and then a fair amount of time you know like the more chances you give yourself the more times you buy that lottery ticket, you know. Um, so, yeah, i I don't know. as long as, you know, everyone who wants to make content is doing it for for the right reasons, i I, I think the more the merrier. Um, if this was ever a time, if there was ever a time to start making content, it was yesterday. But there's today as well. like, this is the future this is what's happening and there will be more and more people every day who are capable of providing themselves a full-time life like this and the internet is only just beginning um so i I would say that you're in the right place and your dreams are not unreachable but to just maintain some level of realism and to not you know and to to remain patient because everyone's journey is unique
0: Patience is a big key there, and I, I liked what you said. the The journey of LSD, for example, who's a melee player, they were sorry to self plug. They were on my podcast, and they they said that they it took them eight years to get to where they are now as as a as a top player a, or a high level player in melee, and a lot of people just sort of heard about LSD within the past year just because that's when LSD started playing really well in tournaments, but it didn't just start this year, right? It just yeah it has it has finally come to fruition, but there's a lot of eight years is a long time. Maybe yeah, not no, in
1: the grand scene. I don't see all the effort that went into that.
0: Right. And patience is is a really big part of that. I liked what you said there. So yeah. I wanted to ask you another uh a question about the, the the current events for you and the and the future for you specifically are you looking forward to being able to produce content that is that is your own like you're producing it, editing it, it's all echo storm, or is the focus for now going to be fatality producing the bestest, awesomest first to ten in sub battle videos and more?
1: Hmm. I would say right now my priorities first and foremost are 100k for fatality. It's been a long time coming, and we're so close now. Um, so I'm just going to continue pushing as much as I can there, and and really enjoy the fruits of our labor. At this point, we've finally reached this stage where the channel is healthy, and we're both, you know, financially viable, and it's it's just great. Um, so I'm just taking some time to to enjoy that and push for that silver play button. It's something that I've wanted for a while, and um, then on the back burner. Yes, I uh, I am going to be producing my own content, be that here on my stream and on my channel. Um, uh, it's going to be stuff like this, where I am providing you know my experience to to other people who you know may be interested. I've got a lot of other editors who follow me, a lot of other creators, and I I have advice for them that uh, may assist them and. In the meantime, uh, make some good content for myself as well. Um, there will be some Melee content, Smash stuff as well, at least starting out. you know, It's not the place that I want to stay. Um, and that's a sad truth. I love Smash to death. If I had the choice, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do anything else. But um, for content's sake, uh, it's, not, it's not where I can stay. Um, melee specifically. Melee PM. PM even harder ultimate you know go for it but um for me i'm I'm gonna be i'm just gonna be pushing myself to to make stuff and um eventually branch out to just general entertainment and stream knowledge um and and yeah it'll be interesting uh because i have not posted a youtube video on my own account in almost three years um or, yeah, I mean, that's just crazy. So I uh, I hope that uh, my subscribers are excited for my return to form. Um, it may be a little different than it was before, but we might make some combo videos too, you know? Bring it back like the old days. Um, man, I could talk for hours about combo videos and their place in content, but we don't need to dive into that. <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: I'm glad that you still appreciate them even after all this time. I think that the temptation for some content creators is especially if they got viral for something specifically, they start to get tired of it after a while, you know? But I'm glad that you still really love combo videos.
1: (laughs) I mean, yeah. If it wasn't for DMCA, I would probably have been making videos on my own channel this whole time. But, man, I, I got close to a million views I got over a million views on my channel and I didn't see a dime from it just because all of it was taken (laughs) by major recording groups and that's that's not a good feeling so my, my 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 focus is mainly fatality right now but then getting my own channel to a point where it can support my stream and my own content is something I'm trying as well and um you know doing doing some podcasts in the meantime you know i'm 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 glad that uh i had the chance to come on here and tell my tale and you know get to have this conversation with you and and in my chat and all the the viewers of this podcast
0: i'm so happy that you were willing to come on and i think i managed to scrunch out one last question uh sure. other than other than uh <laughs> i have a fun little thing for after this question but the the question that I had was what feedback do you have for me while you're here? Because I loved hearing you talk about your willingness and you, the journey, right? Where you were talking about how a hugs video from two years ago, a ginger video from two years ago, or a fatality video from two years ago that you've edited looks different than the ones that you, that you've edited more recently. And then wanting to get into other things besides smash to me, that, that signifies a natural growth journey process and it's yours so I love the the genuineness behind that and the earnestness that you have for 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 other things just besides smash even if'll we'll, melee and pm will be a little sad to see you start to fade out a little bit but what advice or feedback would you have for for me specifically uh, as someone who has been doing this for for so long and does does really well as, as at least as far as I can tell you're you're a fantastic editor.
1: Thank you for that. Um, so I guess uh, my advice mm, off top, uh, I think you've got great content here, and um, the the niche of of um, asking you know back burner and behind the scenes content creators uh, in-depth questions is uh, something that's very personally interesting to me and something that I think will become more interesting to more and more people as more and more people become creators, which I'm positive that they will. So, My biggest advice would be then to uh, just work on streamlining the content to be as accessible and widespread as possible. Um, You know, like uh, be that you know, getting a webcam and a stream of your own set up, so to bring exposure to the initial podcast or growing uh, additional ways to just kind of funnel to funnel views into this. If this is a you know, what you see as your, as your ticket. Um, so then it's just finding ways to, to, I guess, like accentuate it and, um, and give more power to it. Uh, for any creator who finds something that they, they like or want to work, um, then there's always ways to refine it and improve it and, uh, and, and, and get it, you know, past the finish line. Um, I, uh, you know as as your socials grow as more and more guests come on the podcast it's only natural for it to grow alongside so um the advice is to to stick with it and uh you know always be asking yourself you know like what would i like to see as a viewer or how could more people become aware of this podcast or you know what would be the right guests like as much as i love uh myself <laughs> and uh, <laughs> like editing and stuff like um you know as as you grow and gain clout you can approach additional people uh and and try and find new people that you know make a venn diagram with your current audience and a new audience and and you and you can capitalize on that little part in the middle like uh you know just continuing to bring cool people on here you got lsd on here i know you got my boy jdmh on here like you've got some cool people um and and you can you can use us and and your previous experience to just continue to leverage and get momentum. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just as a personal like as a viewer, I would love to be able to watch this live with you with a webcam, better mic. Like, there's always those improvements you can make. But um, yeah, pre production, you could get the the questions out and thought of. Uh,
0: oh, for sure. Mm-hmm.
1: Just you know, like there's all those things always, but um. I uh, I think fundamentally you've got a, a pretty sound idea here, and uh, the best thing to do is to just continue it, and the growth and improvements will will come naturally. Like and I said,
0: appreciate the I appreciate yes, thank you so much for the feedback. I do appreciate that. I don't yeah I haven't asked anybody to give me feedback specifically live because I always feel bad about the concept <laughs> of asking someone to go. What do you think about me, you know, but I, I I think that I felt brave enough to ask you on air, if you will, because I think that in our conversation that we've been able to have tonight that you've been like the, 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 the genuineness that you have, I feel like you would be willing to tell me, okay, this isn't this isn't there yet, but this just needs to be refined. You know, fundamentally you, you seem to have a, have a good idea of what you're doing, but yes, thank you so much for the feedback. And one last thing before, before we plug everything for you, Echo, I heard you saying that you think of yourself as a, as a funny person and Hey, that <laughs> I also think of myself as a funny person as well, but I, I wanted to ask you, could you please tell us a joke?
1: Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, God. Let me Google one real quick. (laughs) Dude, you put me on the spot. Oh, no, I know. I feel so bad, but I
0: couldn't help myself. (laughs) I'm so sorry.
1: (laughs) You guys want a joke? You go to Twitter.com slash Echo underscore Storm. I got loads of them.
0: Let's go. Echo underscore Storm and also Twitch.TV Echo Storm underscore, right?
1: One day they will be in unison, but for now that's what we got to do.
0: Yes. And then the YouTube, the YouTube is Echo Storm SSB. Yes. Those will all be linked in the description of this podcast. And one more time, thank you so much, Echo, for, for being on the podcast with me.
1: Absolutely, thank you. I would like to give a special shout out to uh, all of my all my clients and all of my my fellow editors in the discords that I'm in. Um, you know, uh, it's one thing to to do this alone, but i'm i'm very I'm very proud of all the support and and friends that I've made along my journey as well. It's something that's equally as cherished to me as the channels that I have now um are all the the friendships and connections that i've made as well so shout out to all of them you know who you are shout out to project (laughs) m free melee save smash you know how it goes run that shit oh sorry can we swear on here
0: yes you may (laughs) you may absolutely i'm just not a big swearing person by nature but yes absolutely
1: (laughs) okay (laughs) well that's my that's my my gig thank you uh cypher for having me shout out to bsm pod and um, I, I'll see you in the next episode. I'll make sure to catch it.
0: Thank you so much. Why is it so quiet? Oh, right, transition. Thank you once again to Echo Storm for coming on to Bottom of the Smash Mountain. Did you know I found this out afterwards because I was sticking on Echo's stream afterwards I was hanging out and we were talking for a little bit longer. That was really cool. Thank you, Echo. That Echo's name The real name of Echo Storm is Echo Storm. Isn't that wild? That's super wild. He would correct me and say first and middle name, but you get it. That is so awesome. And Mars, Echo's brother, real name, Mars, also very cool. I was... Stunned because I did not know this And I was sad that it wasn't recorded for the pod But I thought I would mention that anecdote now So that it is in the pod So it will live on That I was so not properly researched about Echo That his real name is Echo That's so cool by the way Echo Storm My name is Echo Storm Like I I would be so tempted to introduce myself With as deep of a voice as possible my name is Echo Storm. That would be that would be my temptation. So Echo, you wear your name proudly, and thank you again for coming on. A couple of other things before we get out of here. I got muchos gracias shoutouts from Alston Melee on their stream and subsequently their podcast. I've had three out of four of the main Alston Melee crew, although I know there's a bunch of people on the side, like Snow Wiener, Snow Wiener, Snow Wiener, By the way, it's just one. I love how Patty said Snow Wiener at least three times in a row very, very quickly on Patty's interview with his interview with me. Anyway, I'm really excited to have on in the near, near future, hopefully sometime in the next week, Mike from Austin Melee, who can then correct me if Mike is actually the correct name that Mike, do you want to go by that or do you want to go by Michael or cave lemon what are we doing let's find out hop on the pod with me now to anybody else who's listening that is not mike yes we've already been talking and it is going to happen so it's not like i'm using this platform of mine to beg and plead and be all like my 20 something followers on the twitter of bottom of the smash mountain will give you a lot of crap don't do that Do not do that because Mike is coming on and it's going to be a super fun interview and that's actually not going to be my next interview. I have another one cooking that you are going to see hopefully in the next few days, Sunday at the latest. Oh, wait, see? No, I mean here. You're going to hear Sunday at the latest and it involves the Wannabes podcast, so stick around stay tuned we got lots of fun things cooking here on bottom of the smash mountain thank you so much for joining me i hope that you enjoy your morning slash evening slash midnight snack make it a good one what does the cow say Mm. Mm, good job what does the kitty cat say good job what does the doggy say (laughs) (laughs) good job can you say linguistic specialist? Okay. Good job. That was a good try. Can you say outside? I like that. Do you want to go outside? Okay. Okay. Can you say bye bye Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.